Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the In Squash podcast. This is uh, the fifth episode of our Pan Am Games series. And uh, today we have U.S. Squash Hall of Famer, the winningest coach in U.S. varsity sport history as the head coach of, for the Trinity Bantams. Uh, they've won over, seven, I think, 17 national titles. Uh, the 2019 head coach of the U.S. Pan Am Games team, a fellow who's uh, forgotten more about the game than most of us uh, will ever know. More than that, he provides some real insight into the, the team aspect of the game which he's been a part of uh for over 20 years uh, i'm not sure the exact uh, number but uh, that really does speak volumes in terms of uh preparing a team for the for something like the uh the pan am games paul asciante is my guest uh and also he's been around the the members of his team pretty much since they began playing at a high level of competitive squash as juniors he knows them all extremely extremely well and he also probably knows many of the other players uh, on the other teams as well, including a, a guy like Christopher uh, Benny from Team Jamaica. Many of the Canadian uh, team players as well, uh, uh, having uh, competed at the varsity level against them and coaching them uh, for, on his own team. So uh, this is a really interesting podcast. Uh, we cover many different aspects. We, cut, we talk about the games, his team, uh, the other teams, and also the intricacies of dealing with players from different parts of the world, which uh, we talk about in terms of the uh, the varsity game. We look at the evolution of uh, U.S. varsity squash and how it's really uh, producing some of the top players in the world nowadays, and, and that really wasn't what it used to be, and we talk about uh, how, that's, uh, how that development has come about. So uh, I know you're going to uh, really like uh, this podcast with Paul Asciante. Lots of ground to cover here, but in particular, uh, the Pan Am Games coming up at the end of the month. So enjoy this one, Paul Asciante. Well, I'm pumped for this one. This is uh, episode uh, 95, and uh, we've got a lot to uh, catch up on. He's, the, he's a, a U.S. squash uh, Hall of Famer, winningest coach in U.S. Squash, sorry, U.S. college sports history with 17 national titles as head coach at Trinity. He's the head coach of the U.S. squash team and led them to eight medals at the 2018 Pan Am uh, Championships and currently uh, head coach of the Pan Am Games team, which is uh, playing at the end of the month in Lima, Peru. Paul Asciante is my guest. Paul, uh, fantastic to have you back on. Oh, no, it's, it's always, it's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, uh, now, I see you're, you're on your way home uh, from Philly where you've been uh, working with the Pan Am Games team for the last couple of days. Uh, the women yep. uh, are the reigning uh, uh, champs in this event, and uh, I would say, in my mind anyways, the favorites to, to, win, uh, to win it again. Uh, and then uh, in the men's side, it's very, very much up for grabs. So uh, I hope you had a yeah. good session this week. And uh, how, how did things uh, how did things look uh, on both sides for you so far? Well, we had a wonderful couple of days of training down at Drexel. Uh, it was super that, uh, that they opened their doors for us. And then we also uh, got to practice doubles over at Fairmont. So we really got a two very or three very good days, double session every day. Our women's side, yeah, is is very strong. You know, certainly, um, certainly, hey, that that's a heck of a team. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there is the bullseye on their back, and it's going to be a question of how well we handle um, those expectations. You know, yeah. as Billie Jean King said, you know, pressure is a privilege, but that privilege doesn't always feel very good when it's in your pocket. So 
<laughs> we'll see how the ladies do, but they were terrific this week. Yeah. Um, the men's team is strong. I mean, yeah. you know, Harity is playing well. Hanson is a very seasoned player. And, and then you've got that youthful, you know, exuberance of Andrew Douglas, who, mm. you know, that's exciting in this setting. And, and again, you know, that will, it'll be a big question of how he handles the moment. It's a new moment for him, but, um, you know, with Todd and, and with, uh, Chris, we were together at the Pan American games in London. So this isn't their first rodeo. They know what to expect. Um, and uh, I, we feel way, way more prepared for doubles this time around, mm. you know, and, uh, and so we're, we're super enthused. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, that's definitely, uh, it bodes well on both sides. I think, you, in my opinion, you have obviously a very, very strong uh, women's side. Uh, and Sabrina is someone, she just started playing uh, on the PSA tour last year, but uh, her results were right away uh, very impressive. But yeah. Uh, for, yeah, let, now that we're talking about the women's side, let's take a closer look at the women. You've got Amanda and Sabrina Sobey, along with uh, Olivia Blatchford uh, Klein, who was just on my on the podcast last week. And the women are, uh, like I said, the reigning champs. Uh, they'll definitely, in, in my mind, their their stiffest competition is going to come from uh, my compatriots uh, north of the border, uh, the Canadians. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I how think, how are, how are the right. team dynamics there looking? Uh, 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 and do you, do you as a coach approach things differently, like you said, with the target on your back? Um, we, 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 it is the white elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> I, we don't really need to talk about it. It's there. Yeah. But, um, you know, if you can just put yourself in a bubble and focus on the task at hand, all of that stuff takes care of itself, right? It's, um, it, it's hard to do. And it will be much harder to do when we're up or down in Lima, Peru. But, um, yeah, from what I was watching this week, they were enjoying each other. They were enjoying playing squash. Mm. If, if they can find a way to keep enjoying themselves, that's a very formidable team. Oh, absolutely, um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, from the USOC who funds this event, every medal is important. And, you know, the team uh, event has a strong side, women's doubles. Um, you know, Amanda and Sabrina won the gold medal at the Federation Games. And, um, and uh, you know, we think Olivia and Andrew in mixed is a very strong team. So all of that, it, I mean, if you're not excited to go to Lima, Peru with this team, then you really are in the wrong game. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So you've got uh, Olivia and Andrew playing mixed and Sabrina and Amanda uh, in the women's doubles. Is that how that's? With ups. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. How's that dynamic? I mean, you've got a lefty, and that that should be interesting. The two sisters, one left-handed, one right-handed. Uh, that that'll definitely uh, pose some issues, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, anytime you can get a lefty and a righty on the same court, you know that's that's a huge benefit in doubles. But then again, you know, it's the court's wider, so everybody's going to be trying to explore the middle of the court, and it's going to be who. Who chooses to take the backhand down the middle? And and but but it they looked awfully good this week in practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'd say uh, obviously the men are in a completely different situation, but uh, definitely certain things bode well. Uh, the Canadians uh, are the defending champs, and I've spoken to a couple of those guys, and they realize that uh, you know they may not be the favorites going in, but 
who is the favorite. I mean, it doesn't, it, it's really up for grabs. So uh, how is your approach yeah, uh, with, with the just, men's team any different uh, in terms of, uh, you know, compared to the women? Well, that's an easier, in some ways it's easier because you're looking forward. You're not looking over your shoulder. Um, and um, that's exciting. I mean, it's just human nature. You're, the targets are all out in front of us. You know, when you, when you have people like Miguel and Diego and the Salazars and Canada's got, a, you know, always a good team. And Martin Heath is a great coach. I mean, you know, Zota from uh, Argentina is very good. You, you know, that, that's all out in front of you, boys. What do you, you want to go get them? And uh, that's, that's kind of neat. And it's certainly easier to get up for that. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming uh, Todd will be playing, playing at one. And uh, in my mind, he, on his good day, he has a shot at beating any one of those guys. He's proven it. Uh, he's had a few big wins uh, this season. It, uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, against guys like Diego and, and Miguel, that, that's, he's going to be yeah. playing extremely well. But, that's, tough um, that's tough sledding, yeah. Yeah, but he's still capable. But he's uh, having fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, these three days with Todd were great because he's just having fun. Um, it's really neat to, to, to see that. And, um, you know, in, when all is said and done, you ask yourself, what is this all about? For these players, it will be their experience and how they can look back on it and feel good about themselves. And yeah. um, if they can, if they can keep it loose and keep it fun, this could be a really neat, a neat experience for these six players on the team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and that, that seems to be, uh, I mean, uh, Chris, I've had all three guys spoken to all three and they all have that same vibe. They, they really enjoy their squash. They seem like fun guys. Chris seems like a, you know, a really hard worker, but at the same time, a, a guy who likes to have a good time and, uh, Andrew the same way. Um, now, uh, both yeah. Chris and Andrew, I think there's your X factor right there, uh, because both of those guys yeah. are strong yeah. at their positions. And uh, you mentioned Andrew's new to the game, but uh, also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's no stranger to uh, big stage matches as, as a junior and uh, uh, playing for the world no. junior uh, team as no, well. No. Oh, no, he's an experienced guy. It's just a different deal when you're, you know, you're walking into a stadium with 80,000 people in it, all of a sudden it <laughs> definitely gets your attention. Yeah. And Hanson is, you know, I mean, he's two-time national champion. He's, been through these wars he's steady as she goes you know with, you know what our problem is right now it's the, the games are too far away we're ready yeah. to play mm. now we got to figure out a way to stay busy between now and then so um what what's uh, what lies ahead between now and then do you does do you guys have uh, another camp coming up uh, just prior no, to uh, now is that that's it yeah yeah that's it now they'll do their own uh, individual body work and uh, their own racket work and uh, pay attention to their diets and be hydrating like crazy because when we get down there, it all happens fast and curious. Yeah, absolutely. So you got to really start preparing the body for the games before you arrive at the games. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, well, uh, Independence Day is uh, behind us now, so now they can uh, focus on, uh, on that. <laughs> yeah, these guys are pretty. These guys are pretty focused, I must say. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Now, uh, now, Paul, you had a, a another a very good year at Trinity. I mean, you, they, they just keep coming. Uh, you guys got to the national finals uh, again this year, only to lose to um, a very strong, obviously quite a strong uh, Harvard team. Uh, but now that the du- the uh, dust has settled, and I know you, I mean, uh, you you expect to win these things. Uh, I'm not sure about this year, but how how did you feel about this season, uh, the way it played out for for yeah. you and, and Trinity? Well, I thought we had a nice season. You know, we faced some adversity with some things, you know, happened to us that we were not planning on. And when, you know, life is all about your resilience. And, you know, it was nice in the semifinals to beat Rochester, who had beaten us during the dual season. That was a a very exciting win for us. And then, you know, Harvard just beat us so badly that if I was I had a towel in my hand, I would have thrown it on the court and said, stop the fight. It's too bloody. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. They, you know, hats off, to, hats off to Mike Way. He's put together a team that is just beautiful. And, um, and they really didn't graduate anyone. So oh, okay. The, the yeah. bar is still very, uh, yeah, the bar is very high in the sky, but we're, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how good we can get this year. So you've got, you, you've, you've got something, uh, I mean, how does the team look going into uh, to next season, given, given the fact, obviously, that well, like what you said about Mike? Yeah, and, we have, most, ev- yeah, we have mm-hmm. most everybody coming back, and we have a nice recruiting class. But the thing about recruiting classes is those are freshmen. And right. typically, you know, no matter what level they played at in the juniors, playing for your college is a different, is a different deal, just like the Pan American Games. And, you know, your expectation of what they can do under pressure – needs to be conservative because they've just not been there before. Hmm. So we have a nice group that will be interspersed with some nice young talent. And we'll see, we'll see what, you know, our goal is always the same. We want to be better in March than we are in September. And then how much we can do that will factor into how well we do. Hmm. We have no control of what's happening on the other side of the, of the court. Absolutely. Yeah. You can only control, uh, what you can control and that's yeah. your, your, your side of things. But uh, yeah, speaking, yeah, speaking of talent, prayer. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, speaking of, uh, of talent, uh, Paul, I mean, us varsity squash and you've been in the game for a long, for, you know, hate to date you, but for quite a long time. And uh, you know, us varsity squash is really producing lately, especially some really, you know, men and women, world-class players, uh, in, uh, the, many of them will be playing at the Pan Am Games, and several are making uh, serious inroads in the uh, PSA Tour. You've seen it all from the years sure. gone by. Uh, what have you noticed, like recently, within the last 10 years, I'd say? Have you noticed a shift in terms of the quality and maybe just the whole squash scene at the varsity level? Have you noticed any shift over that time? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, and Certainly, the game is at the college level is exploding, mm. um, both nationally and internationally. I have to say, um, U.S. squash, and, and this is true uh, in any work, industry. Success is based on on a strategy and a plan, and then an execution. And so, none of that was mine. I can tell you that. But um, you know, under Kevin Klipstein's watchful eye. You know, we've got some wonderful people in the, in the mix with, you know, Rich Wade was, the, was 
you know, really the taskmaster here. And now we have Adam Hamill and, you know, Gilly Lane's involved and mm -hmm. everybody's working together. And so we've got these wonderful juniors playing in, you know, these academies and everything else. And then we have, you know, the, the kids preparing for college. And then all, over the years, college has been the American graveyard. People's goal was to, you know, use their squash to get into the best college possible. Now with the EAP program where we're funding people on the other side of college to play professionally, now they're remaining engaged and connected through those four years. So we have a crop of juniors and seniors in college right now that are going to be wonderful pros. Well, that's very new. It was really hit or miss. And so now there is actually a system in place where this should be able to continue and even get better. So this, this EAP program that you mentioned, was that something, uh, you know, as you mentioned, uh, you know, it was a, it was a squash with a uh, varsity squash was a bit of a graveyard. Was that in response to that? I'm sorry. I didn't understand that. The EAP program for uh, the, the pros, uh, the, the players that are get, going professional after school, yeah. after schools, uh, yep. Is the EAP program in response to uh, what was happening with uh, with varsity oh, squash players? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, and also better engagement with them from the beginning through. So that everything we're doing now is aspirational. The juniors can see the players and see the college players, and and, and they're oftentimes together mm. at the same. Imagine a year from now when the National Training Center will be housed under one roof. Right. I, the future is very, very bright. Yeah, it's obvious. I mean, it's very easy to see if you follow. I mean, I've just recently started following the varsity game uh, now that I have this podcast a little more closely. And uh, you, you get to see the names of the guys who are actually go, going from varsity to pro squash and, uh, and, and ladies. And uh, there are several that are, that are in there that, that are making really, uh, you know, really good results. I mean, you've got yeah. uh, Amanda, yeah. you've got um, Amelia uh, Tomlinson, you've got guys like uh, Chris yeah. Binney, uh, uh, obviously Ali Farag, and several, uh, <laughs> several others. I mean, yeah. it, it just seems v like Vikram uh, Maholtra. Yeah. 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 They're staying engaged and it's great. And now we're able to provide them that, that forum, you know, hmm. you know, and whereas before, Gilly turned pro after college, but that was sort of his own. Then Julian turned pro, but, you know, but it was sort of happenstance where now there's a very clear structure to that path. Right. And that is that obviously that in the more high profile sports there, maybe there's not a need for that because of the money that these guys, if they're good, sure. would be making sure. uh, right from the get go pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now uh, I just had I had uh, Christopher uh, Benny and uh, Ryose Kobayashi on my podcast recently, and uh, both players brought something up that uh, that I thought was quite interesting. Uh, both their coaches, yourself and Martin Heath, hold uh, and it seems to me hold these guys in very high regard. And both of them said to me on the podcast that they frequently I wouldn't maybe frequently is a strong word, but they 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 butted heads with both of it, with their with their coaches on several occasions but at the end of the day uh everything turned out okay and obviously christopher's uh 
coaching. He, he's an assistant coach with you and Martin holds a Riose in very high yeah. regard. So I'm just wondering uh, sure. during that, you know, that dynamic where you, where you have a player, when you have players and you butt heads with players, uh, how, do, how does that uh, as a coach, and, and you, you obviously know what you're doing when it comes to this kind of stuff, how do you handle this kind of thing? And, and what, what's your approach to turning that situation into something positive? Well, I mean, you know, you've got a proud stallion there and they want to be right and they want to, you know, assert themselves and be confident and coaches often and oftentimes, um, you know, we have to tell the athlete things that they may not want to hear. And that can be done in a way that's non-threatening or aggressive. It's just, it's just simply a case of, look, uh, I'm not emotionally involved in the match. You are. This is my observation. Um, you know, I, if you're open to this, great. If you're not, we can revisit it at another time. Um, but it's, it's just that's in competition. Emotions are high. Things are, things get testy and, uh, so yeah, I mean it, it happens all the time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, me as a, I, I've had a few coaches over the years when I was a, a junior, and I do remember a couple of times mm-hmm. getting in arguments with, <laughs> with with my coach and and walking away, not talking to him for a couple of days, and then everything was pretty cool uh, after that. Uh, yeah, I guess you know cooler heads prevail, and and you learn something from it. Yeah. Uh, well, not only that, but you know. In, in our relationships with people are often strongest after you've been through some adversity. Mm. And I, I don't have any problem with that. Um, I tell the boys on the team, you don't have to like me, but you have to respect the position. And candidly, I, um, I have found that I'm not that interested in what this player thinks of me in college. I want to know what they think about me five years later when right. they've lived a little bit and they've had a chance to have a perspective of why I was coming at them the way I was. No, I mean, I've spoken I've to, also uh, gotten, sorry, I've also yeah. gotten, I'm sorry. No, sorry. I've also Go gotten ahead. better at that. I've, I've also gotten better at that with age because I've learned the importance of empathy. So when you've got a student athlete standing in front of the desk, you have to be able to put yourself on the other side of the desk and understand where they're coming from. How about the, the cultural and aspect uh, of it? I mean, you've got, obviously Huge. you're, you're recruiting a lot of guys from overseas. And I think one of the, sure. what Riose had brought up to Martin where they butted heads, I think, although I'm sure Martin, he's a well-traveled guy. So, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, Riose, there is something about the way we do things where I come from. Isn't the way it, should, yep. should be the way we do things here. Uh, is that something that yep. you've had to uh, experience as well? Sure. And so, you know, two years ago when we won the national championships, we had nine players on the court from nine different countries. <laughs> so you can imagine yeah. what that's like. And to be a good coach, you have to speak a different language with every single person. <laughs> right. You can't treat yeah. people the same. That said, in the, when all the dust settles and all the emotion leaves, You've got to be able to look a person in the eye and say, I understand what you're saying. I recruited you 
I'm here. And because we're here, these are the rules we're going to play by. If I was coaching in Rajasthan, India, we would approach it differently. And that you're going to have to agree to disagree, but this is the way the game has to be. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that was sort of the, the impression I, I got from Riose. He sort of under, uh, he, he said his piece and then eventually, as we say, cooler yeah, heads prevailed. But, uh, but, uh, you know, to, uh, to a person that I've had on, on the podcast, uh, Paul, uh, all the players that I've had on that are, that have had some connection with you, everyone's had just glowing things to say about the experience they've had, uh, with you as a coach or someone that, that they've uh, oh. had to spend time with. And I just uh, really appreciate uh, you coming on today. Want to wish you and the team all oh, the best. No. You've got great, great, great opportunities Thanks. there on the men's and women's side. Although yeah. my, my heart's with the Thank Canadians. Thank you very much. But, I understand uh, that. I can, and I, and I respect that. Yeah. And I'll do everything we can to break your heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, the men, the Canadian men, uh, I mean, they, I mean, you, you might know them a little bit. Uh, obviously you do know Nick, uh, oh, yeah. Andrew and, uh, the, the ever uh, unpredictable and talented, uh, Sean Delier. Sean. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, he, he's a guy. Two longest squash. He's played the two longest squash matches in history. Incredible. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I guess with him at, I'm, I'm assuming he'll be playing at one. No, no, Nick's playing at one, isn't he? I'm not, I'm not sure who. Uh, yeah, I would guess. I would guess. I would guess that's the case. Yeah, but well, they're going to be a formidable team. Oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be going to be interesting, uh, especially on the men's side. But the women, uh, like you said, they're having fun. Uh, they're going to be a force yeah. to be uh, to be reckoned with. So, uh, good luck with everything, we'll, Paul. We'll do our best. Thank you so much. Well, thanks again to Paul for that. That was really great insight. And uh, only insight uh, like that can come from a guru uh, of the game, particularly the team aspect of the game, like, like Paul Asciante. So really appreciate Paul uh, coming on uh, during these uh, Pan Am Games episodes. It's the second time we've had him on, and uh, I hope we can do it again. It just doesn't get much better than that. And uh, we're hoping uh, in terms of... Um, a few more of the Pan Am Games episodes. We've got uh, one of the Canadian women coming on tomorrow, uh, along with Martin Heath uh, later in the week. And also, I don't want to jinx it, but uh, I'll go as far as saying uh, one of the big names from the South American, uh, one of the South American teams has reached out uh, to us, and we're hoping uh, that that comes to fruition as well. So uh, lots to look forward to as the games fast approach. I'm still uh, reeling after that Federer um, uh, Djokovic uh, Wimbledon final what a match can't believe uh, how it played out two uh, legends of, of the game right there the greatest of all time and a guy who's uh, arguably uh, I wouldn't say even not it's not arguably anymore he's in the conversation and could be uh, could su supplant uh, Federer as greatest of all time if he keeps it up, up at this level for as long as Roger has. But, um, you know, we look at our game it's of squash, and uh, we can honestly say that we haven't, since the days of Jahangir and Jancher, we haven't had guys dominating uh, uh, the game like they do uh, in tennis. I mean, it's pretty much been Djokovic, Federer, and Nadal for all these years. Uh, 
squash has a more of a higher turnover rate at, at the top levels of the game so uh, and also at the women's game so uh, I think a lot to be said there for uh, how deep the game is right now and um, uh, there may be other obviously other elements to that conversation which we uh, won't get into now maybe we can ask one of our, uh, our maybe Martin Heath can elaborate on that with me uh, if I hopefully get you know hopefully we get him on later in the week and we can talk a bit about that but obviously we want to uh, get into the Pan Am game stuff with him and talk about uh, Team Canada who uh, you know their their women are playing well and, and the guys defending champs uh, are going to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder I think heading into uh, Peru so uh, that should bodes bodes well for a great chat with with, with Martin later this week at any rate uh, everyone thanks again for listening. Uh, and uh, continue uh, sharing the podcast with your friends and your squash community. Really appreciate that. And we'll talk to you soon, uh, hopefully tomorrow with a new one. Uh, it'll take me a day or so to get it uh, up on uh, the podcast uh, apps that you listen to, but it shouldn't be too long. Um, again, thanks a lot and take care. Goodbye now.